Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We're two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Tia Johnston, and I'm joined by my co-host, Meredith Hine. Thanks for tuning in today. Tia, it's literally been months. Where have you been? Uh, I've been in Columbus, Ohio. I've been in Hawaii, and now I'm back in Philadelphia. But yeah, I... I cannot record a podcast in Columbus, Ohio. Like, the podcast gods do not want me to record in Ohio. I have never had good Wi-Fi in Ohio. It just doesn't work. So, yeah, we're very sorry about the hiatus, but we're back. What have you been up to? A lot. We moved into our new place. We got cats. I got a new job. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) It's been an adventure. The cats oh have doubled goodness. in size, in fact, since we first got them. And what are their names? Because they're the cutest names I've ever heard. <laughs> we have Luna and Olive. Maybe we can we can share a picture. Oh, when we yeah. A <laughs> 100%. And I might as well just throw in a picture of Buddy and Bella while we're at it because... <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? This is, what's the show really about? Ohio State Sports? No, it's about... Our rescue pet. Well, yeah, so we obviously have a lot to get into, so let's just jump into it. Um, starting with the most wonderful time of the year, March Madness. Yay! I filled out my bracket. How do you feel about it? <laughs> so, this happens every year. I was talking with a friend about it. Like, when do you bounce Ohio State? It's so hard. And so <laughs> I I didn't. So Ohio State <laughs> is is my pick for uh, the winner of the whole thing. But I also feel like the fact that they're a two seed, I'm like totally validated. I'm like, oh, they're not. It's not like they're like a seven seed or an eight seed. Like they totally yeah. could win all of it. So, okay, here's the thing. And I've said this before. I am not the biggest college basketball fan. And this is admittedly when I start to kind of watch it, when it like means something, because I, I just feel like basketball games and the season, it's like you never know what's going to happen until the very end. Like even in games, you know, Ohio State can have like this humongous lead and then nothing actually matters until that last minute of the game. So it's just hard for me to like really watch until the stakes are high. So usually when I fill out a bracket, I don't know what I'm doing, and I just kind of read the little, like, notes that it gives me and pick based off that, but every single year I have Ohio State winning because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> so, like you said, like, this year I actually feel, like, validated for having Ohio State going to the end. I have them beating Gonzaga in the national championship. I have them. I'm such a homer. I'm such a homer. I picked... All, I picked every Big Ten team that made the tournament to at least make the round of 32. And I picked Michigan and Illinois and Gonzaga, along with Ohio State, as my final four team. Yeah, the Big Ten. Oh, my God. They're, like, so good. good. Again, I feel validated in picking three or four final four teams from the Big Ten because... From what we've seen this year, they could be. So have you been keeping up with college basketball at least more than I have? Every year around this time, I vow that I'm going to watch a lot of college basketball the following year. And then I don't. But I have, I did start, I started watching Ohio State with much more regularity when they played Michigan like three weeks ago. 
Um, and I think yeah. at that point I watched, because there was that round robin between Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, and Illinois of like, and Michigan State too, of like all these surging Big Ten teams. And so it was a ton of really great games. So I watched all of those. And so I, based on that, I feel confident <laughs> in having three Big Ten teams in my final four. But did you watch, like, did you watch any full games this year? Full games, no. I would, like, turn it on near the end. And I, like, Matt and I, when we do our podcast, we've done a couple where he basically gives me just a brief summary of the Ohio State basketball team. So I feel like I'm a little bit caught up because of that. And I keep up with, like, our Slack conversations. Like, the other writers in there will talk about the game. So I kind of know what's happening. But I started watching it in the Big Ten tournament as well. But that doesn't even give you a full picture because Ohio State played back to back to back. So by the time they reached Illinois for that last game, it's like, okay, could they have actually beaten them had they been fresh had they had Kyle Young. So it's just going to be interesting And they, once yeah, they, they had, reach the tournament. And they had two overtime games in the Big Ten tournament. Like, right. And the minutes are not insignificant. Yeah. And they beat Illinois before. I feel like they can keep up with, like, the Gonzagas of the world. It's <laughs> really interesting because, like, if you would have asked, I feel like, a lot of folks four weeks ago, so before Ohio State got beat by Michigan, I think anyone would have been like, oh, yeah, like, Ohio State, number one seed, one of the top teams in the nation. And then they sort of stumbled in those last couple weeks, but they stumbled against the best teams yes. in the Big Ten and possibly the best teams in the country. They did it They did it without Kyle Young for a lot of it. And I'm doing a column about this this week, but, like, March Madness is absolutely the best time of the year, right? Like, it's the best period in sports. Am I wrong? You think so? Like, you like you it think- better than what's better? Like college football playoffs? Absolutely. Yes. Ooh. What's yes. your reasoning? It's, it's spicy. Well, I feel like, so, for starters, it's something that literally everyone gets behind. When I was researching this column, I think it was more than 70 million brackets get filled out every year. And, like, you end up with a vested interest in every game because you fill out a bracket. It's like, why would you care about I'm That's so true. Really, any game. Uh, West Virginia versus Morgan State. Like, yeah. you wouldn't, but all of a sudden you do care. And I also feel like, unlike most postseasons, the NCAA tournament is one of the few opportunities where literally every possible contender is in the field. Obviously, right. the college football playoff gets a lot of flack because you have four bids for five major conferences and then anyone who's an at-large bid. So someone yeah. is going to get left out every year. But, like, I don't think that anyone is doubting that the first or thinking that one of the first four out teams would make a run and be crowned the champion, you know? Cam and I were talking. We would not be opposed to, like, a college football playoff bracket. Maybe not 64 teams, but maybe start at, like, 16 or 32 and do brackets. That sounds so fun. So fun. It would take forever. Forever. (laughs) But that's one of the other things that I think is so appealing about the NCAA tournament. It's like, like basketball is so quick by nature, right? Like, you're in and out in under two hours. And so, you know, as much as I think we love football, it can be challenging to watch, like, four games in a row. But, like, come March Madness, you watch, like, 11 basketball games in a day, and you're like, woo, let's go. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it's like March. The weather is awful. The grayness is awful. We're all like just so done with winter. And I feel like March madness is what we need. We actually, this is bringing me back. We did a podcast because last March when the tournament was canceled and we talked about why we need sports during this time. Do you remember that? Here we are. It's finally back. I know. And I don't know. It, there's still, and I think you're right. There's still so much other stuff happening in the world. You know, we're making a lot of progress with like vaccines and things like that. But like, it's still, you know, the world is still like very closed off. And so it's pretty amazing that we get to have the tournament this year. Because that was when it became real last year. ESPN showed, like, a clip of whoever it is, like, canceling the tournament. And he announces it that it's canceled. And I feel like we've just come so far. Like, they were able to quickly come up with this plan to have it in a bubble in Indianapolis. Everyone has improvised so that this could happen. Because it's still not, like, totally safe yet. I did see that no teams had to withdraw because of, which is pretty amazing, too. Great job, NCAA. Can you say that? Have we ever said that? I mean, on this, but nothing else. (laughs) Well, speaking of other more serious topics in the world... You know us, we have to address it, so we have some other topics to get into after the break. Stay with us. So yeah, as fun as the first part of the show was, we have a more serious topic to get to now, and that is the discussion around women's safety. We've seen since the death of Sarah Everard in London. Um, If you're wondering why we're talking about this on a show about sports, it's because everyone knows someone who's been impacted by this. And if you are a woman listening to this, you obviously know, I mean, this hits home. Um, So Meredith wrote a column on Monday where she talks about being a sports fan and having to deal with some of these like women's safety issues. And you kind of just address like what it was like to watch, what was it, the Ohio State-Michigan game out at a bar the other day. Yeah, it was, and I mean, the bottom line from the column was what I had last week was a, by comparison, great experience. Like, I felt safe the entire time. Like, I was with a group of people, but, like, the reality is when I think about, like, I went through and thought about the precautions that I took before I went, I thought about the, like, what I had to do while I was sitting there and, like, kind of the postscript afterwards, and I realized that there were so many things that I had to do that I think a lot of women have to do that you might not even think about, like, making sure your phone is charged because you might have to make an emergency call, (laughs) looking behind you to make sure that you're not being followed, or, like, checking on the other women in the bar and making sure, like, that they're not alone. Like, there was a waitress uh, who was at this bar, and, like, this guy during COVID came up and, like, slipped his arm around her waist and, like, whispered his drink order in her ear. And it was like, ugh, like, there's a lot of you shouldn't do that. That's disgusting. Uh, You know, the reality is is none of these things are revolutionary. Right. And we've, like... I think as women, we've all had to do them for so long, but just bringing awareness to the fact that, like, it's it's not as simple as, like, waking up, rolling out of bed, and, like, heading to the bar ever. 
Well, I was going to say, I was reading your column and I was like, none of this is news to me. Like I was reading what you were doing and I was like, yeah, yeah. And so then I just thought about it more and it's like, okay, it's actually really sad. And I know this has been brought up with what happened to Sarah in London. Like it's just a normalized thing to just expect women to do these things instead of like expecting men not to murder us like it's just and then the other thing is is like I'm putting myself in like a man's shoes and reading your column and it's like do they even know that we do these things like I don't even think they they can't even imagine like constantly just looking over your shoulder like having your phone charged or constantly keeping an eye on your drink like I think your column would have opened a lot of people's eyes who haven't had to do those things just to go watch a freaking basketball game at a bar. And like, it's impacted not just our behavior, but also our decision making. Because if I, like, let's introduce some other variables. So like, if Dave was out of town, or if the game was at night, or if it was in a different location that like, I wasn't as familiar with, I might not have gone, you know? And, you know, let's let's place ourselves in, like, pre-COVID times and imagine that, like, things are much more open. Think of, like, the limitations. And it's, it's not just on sports fans. This is literally every aspect of life for women. But the limitations of being out late, of, like, you know, having another drink or of, like, taking public transportation home or walking home and feeling safe. I mean, the number of tweets I read about needing this week about, like, needing to keep keys or between your fingers or think about the weapons that you could use, like, if you get attacked um, on the street. Like, those are very real considerations that we have every day. Like, Dave gets upset yeah. with me when I don't take, if I forget to take my pepper spray when I go out for a walk with Ruthie. And it's like, keep, like, do men carry pepper spray? Like, is that a thing? No, and I don't even think, like, sometimes I will watch cam do things like he'll walk somewhere at night or i i can't even somewhere think of, like, at specific night. things like that's it yeah literally and i'm like wow what it must be like to be able to do that and like that's the bottom line of the column is like as we like this is such a wonderful time i will say it's the most wonderful time of the year <laughs> but like as you go out and enjoy the games just like keep in mind that not everyone has the expectation of safety just just be aware and be a wingman and be an ally um i saw someone tweet and i'm gonna butcher it a little bit because i'm not gonna be able to find it right away but it was like when i think of all men i do consider myself it was a dude tweeting he was like i do put myself in that category because when it's dark and a woman doesn't know who i am and doesn't know that i would never hurt her i am still a threat and she is still scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's true. She like, doesn't know. Yeah, like, there's nothing scarier than thinking you're alone on the street and all of a sudden seeing another figure on the street. Like, Yeah, and I okay. saw another tweet where it was like, if you're a man and you find yourself in that situation, like, I'm sure you've seen it before. Like, for instance, if you're in an elevator with a woman and you, she gets off on a floor and that happens to be your floor... Like, either wait a few minutes or ride the elevator up one floor and then, like, take the stairs or something. Like, don't get off on the same floor, specifically if it's, like, late at night and it's, like, this hallway. And just to make her feel safe and to walk in front of women at night, 
Um, if you're yeah, like jogging across the street instead of jog, jog like jogging past her, because I promise she's fully aware that you are like coming up on her, you know. Yeah. And she has no idea. She, you're behind her. She doesn't know what you look like. She doesn't know who you are. So there's it was this long list of just ways that men can make women feel more safe as opposed to expecting women to carry weapons in their pockets. Like, why can't men just do these things that are so simple? So, yeah, bringing it back to what we were talking about earlier, as Meredith mentioned in her column, if you are able to go out this weekend to watch the games, be sure to remember that being able to enjoy going out and feeling safe isn't a luxury we can all enjoy. Just make sure I would I'm going to link her column, but make sure you read, you know, the precautions that Meredith took because you might as well be safe than sorry. So um, be safe and enjoy. Go Bucks. Before we wrap up the show, though, Meredith, do you want to um, do our shout outs? So today I'm going to shout out Paw Chicago. Uh, it is the rescue that our wonderful cat sneakers came from, and it's also where our two new baby kittens, Luna and Olive, came from. Uh, it's, a, it's across the street from our new place. Shout out to them, because not only do they do amazing life-saving work every day, they also do amazing, adorable, heartwarming work every day. Specifically, they have this amazing rooftop where all of the dogs can go out and play, and it's visible from our apartment, and it's very enjoyable to see all of these amazing rescue pups able to go up and frolic because it's better than watching that in the morning. Okay. I love that. <laughs> Secondly, I love that our podcast is truly like sports and anti-racism and women's rights and adopt don't shop movement so <laughs> that's what you get in this podcast I hope that you've realized that by now um I'm gonna shout out you oh. I know I've shouted out you a billion times but I just think it's so we caught up before we started recording and in case you missed a previous episode where Meredith talked about how her house burnt down not that long ago in the year of our Lord 2020. Um, and then now that we're done with that shit year, you live across the street in a beautiful, what is it, a condo? Yeah. Yeah, across the street from me animal shelter where you adopted your cats and you get to watch dogs play drinking coffee and you got a new job and i'm just so happy that 2021 is off to a great start for you thanks yes couldn't have done it without you literally (laughs) (laughs) well that is all we have for today as a reminder you can follow me on twitter at tia johnston underscore meredith at meredith pine and the site at land grant 33 we'll talk to you soon thanks again for listening to play like a girl and as always go bucks